perfect. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another iAnimate podcast, our 80th and final one for 2020. Um, I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, my other host, Rick Arroyo. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm excited for 2021. And as always, we're going to end the year really strong, really solid. With a bang. Yeah. This podcast right. was awesome. Omar, um, this is something that we had recorded prior, but um, he just did a fantastic job with this podcast. Sometimes you never know kind of, you know, how someone's going to, and he just ran with it. And so oh, it's yeah. a really great podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and you mentioned a word that I, I liked uh, as a kind of descriptive for him and his story was resilient. Yes. Resilient is, is, a, is an important word in a word that I think we should all resonate. You know, you guys... Everyone that comes to iAnimate, you know, you, we work hard. We work hard together with the students and we, you know, we motivate our students, we push our students. And that's something I think it's really important to realize, you know, when you choose a, a school and you choose an instructor that you know what you're getting. And, you know, our, our instructors are super dedicated because we've been through it. We know what it's like and we know what you need to do to, to get at that top level. Right? Absolutely. I mean, Omar's worked in VFX. He's worked in gaming. He's worked on such movies as Paddington. Um, really fun one there. Uh, Detective Pikachu, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, he's animated. He's been a supervising animator. He's been a head of animation. He's been a director. So yeah, when you start directing. talking about, yeah, yeah. you know, when yeah, you start talking yeah. about, he'd been through these kind of things. He's worn many uh-huh. hats in this industry. So yeah, absolutely. Um, a very, very fun podcast. And, and I think, as you mentioned here, just a great way to end off 2020 um, with an amazing story and a guy who just loves this industry. So. Yeah, he, he loves animation and uh, something that is, you know, part of iAnimate is to give and help others, right? Mm-hmm. That is something that we're really big in and you're going to you're gonna see it, you're going to sense it, you're going to wish that you had him right next to you as, we, <laughs> as you learn and grow. Um, but yeah, but all to say, I just wanted to make sure everyone realized, you know, uh, we're, you know, 2020 is over, now it's 20, uh, 2021 around the corner. It, uh, and like I said in an interview, I said, you know, it's important that you choose you, you know, right? choose yourself, choose your success, own it, be responsible for it, dedicate time to where you want to go, because the things you do right now will have an impact, you know, five, 10 years from now, you're going to be, thank goodness, <laughs> I put time into learning time into progressing and growing as an artist so absolutely that's really important absolutely so as we finish off this year wish you guys a merry christmas happy holidays a happy new year and uh, we hope to see many of you guys here if you guys got new year's resolutions to um uh, join us and we'll look forward to seeing you in classes so absolutely well let's jump into this great podcast man all right all right ready gentlemen i i I guess have your questions ready no, I. <laughs> we, we go off, we go even off better, the fly. Even better. Organic, organic. That's right. That's right. All right, Omar. Well, first of all, we really just appreciate uh, talking with you. Um, I had a chance to talk with you last week and saw your calendar, and it is booked. So, yeah. um, anytime that we can get a little bit of your time, we really appreciate it. So, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is fun. My pleasure. killer. All right. So, yeah, this is probably a little bit of break for you, huh? You get to talk some animation here so <laughs> <laughs> it's still about animation though so it's not much of a break my <laughs> <laughs> morning starts with animation ends with animation there you go I mean, All it's, right. a, it's a lifestyle man that's you right into this because it really is. It, animation is is a lifestyle that's what i said like yeah. uh, omar's a director and, and and it's a lifestyle you wake up to it you sleep to it and you dream about it that's right <laughs> so, yeah no for sure and, and I, mean, I can't even enjoy a movie anymore every single movie <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, what can I learn? What can I learn? Uh, I love how they did that. I, that doesn't work at all. So and it's, and you, bring it back, you bring it back to your work, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a lifestyle. And that's right. You walk outside and you observe people and you look at people and you look at animals or anything that's moving, even a tree that's moving in the wind, honestly, it's, uh, it's something that to learn from. So that's killer. Yeah, I, start, I started that when I was very young, um, working on uh, this movie called Pinocchio 3000, where I had my lead animator named Aaron Hatfield. And uh, he told me, you know, like, you're going to have to start, you know, I was a 25 year old guy and I was lifting a lot of weight. And so he's having me animate a 12 year old girl. And I know nothing about that. So (laughs) you have to study that and you have to, you know, in life in general, Omar, moving forward, everything you look at is related to animation. And I never, you know, I, I, I really held that to my dear to my heart so it's and and it is the case actually it's everything i every day that passes is some and i'm looking at things and i'm observing is stuff that i can actually take and put it in the bank and i take that experience and i put it in the bank and you know what man you end up really using it in your work uh oftentimes when you're animating a character and you want to make it something called immersive realism so immersive realism is when there is there's the most important thing in animation is that the audience is immersed in your work. Mm-hmm. So they are watching the animation. There is things and observations, little details that they watch and they look at and they look, Oh, you know what? I have a friend that moves exactly like that. Or how original is the way that character moved? It is not generic. Mm-hmm. Immersive realism is the absolute opposite of generic. Once they are, connected to the character they are now immersed and they are immersed because of its realism and so when you take all that information and you put it in the bank you look at how these people move and you put that in the bank you watch how that animal gets up and it's not a simple a to b getting up there are nuances in there you watch that observation and you put that in the bank you are able to then retrieve all of that information and watch like for example when i watch an animation that somebody has produced I, that's always on the back of my mind. Where is the immersive realism? Is, this, is there something in there that I can see that I can obviously see that's not generic, it's not cliche, it's not your straight first idea that comes to mind. There's always a, a real sense of realism in there. And so you learn that just by observation, by nice. looking at people, by looking at nature. But anyway, that's, that's animation. So it's, you never move away from it. It's that's right. Seven, yeah. You know, we had a podcast prior with uh, one of our other feature instructors, uh, Tara Donovan. And um, one of the things we talked about was just kind of doing things outside of, you know, specifically animating. And she does um, like powerlifting. And what was interesting, though, is when she was bringing that back to animation because she was working on uh, Godzilla and uh, King Kong, I think. And she's like, as I'm animating that weight shift, she's like, I literally like am feeling it in my, my body because I'm, my mind's yeah. going to having weight up underneath me and such, you know? So yeah, yeah any yeah. observation, anything that you can kind of take back to animation um, yeah. is a big yeah. bonus there. It's funny you say that. There's actually, the, it happened to me in Concordia University, my animation teacher back then, I, I, was a two, I was a 2D animator back then. I wasn't studying 3D at all. And I had to animate, a, I was animating an exercise where it's a cycle. So I decided I was going to have somebody do, um, what do you pull call it, back extension pull-downs. Pull yeah. Yeah. And so when I did it, I mean, I, thanks to my lack of experience, it was just 
arms moving and that's it. <laughs> Back then I was lifting weights as well. And um, I remember my animation teacher saying, it looks like you've never lifted weights in your life. <laughs> Straight to you, man. That's the best. Like, <laughs> I was deeply offended by that because not only was it an insult to my physical being, but it was an insult to work as well. And uh-huh. it stuck with me, you know, like, <laughs> into the character. You know, like, understand how the body mechanics works when you're pulling that weight. Never right, sure. right. I want to get into, um, you know, how you got into animation, but one of the things you hit upon I thought was interesting here is you mentioned Pinocchio 3000 and yeah. my memory bank, cause this is going to be our 80th podcast. Um, right. I remember hearing that Dave Hubert and both you, Rick as well worked on that movie, right? That's that is right. right. That's right. 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 Yeah. Pulled that I, one out like of the back pocket say, there. Honestly, I, I really feel that all these guys that worked on Pinocchio 3000, where we were the pioneers of animation in Montreal, mm. we yeah. were the first wave of animators, and we all came together. You know, all these people now are like, you know, Rick, Rick is a big shot, and you know, <laughs> you got Marco Folia who's doing great, Johnny Spinelli's doing great, uh, Ubar is doing great, and we all started in the same spot at the same time. It was a Great experience, and thank goodness I was a part of it. Very yeah, cool. It's, it's humbling when I you think about green. it. <laughs> I was green. I knew nothing about animation. I, I came out of Concordia University and, you know, only strictly 2D animation, thinking that, you know, I knew how I could manage animation, and I realized very that I had, to, I had to learn quite a bit. You know, you learn two, in two, three weeks at working on Pinocchio 3000 was equal to a lifetime. Of I mean, it, it was a big jump, man. There was some, we had the beasts of beasts from Toronto and Montreal. And, and, yeah. and uh, I think we had some, um, someone also from Vancouver. It was like a beast of a team and everyone was so young, right? Mm. It was yeah. fearless animator. And I talk about this often being fearless, but being um, clever, right? There's being, there's being smart and hardworking, but then there's being clever. And it was a great, it was a great time. Uh, and that team, um, it was a really good team, and it was a fun yeah. team. Some really yeah. good talent. Even Matt, you know, from ILM. And it's like, wow. It was, <laughs> it was Dude, a made, good I team. I made lifetime friends there. Alan Trice yeah. is one of my dearest best friends, and he was in my, in my team. We were Yeah, the, that's true. Alan Trice is a, a director at, at Ubisoft now. And, uh, um, yeah, like. Those are form, formidable type uh, projects and stuff, huh? Yeah, it really was. And it was at that point, it was the biggest project you could find in Montreal. Mm. And uh, again, to be part of it, it was, uh, I, I couldn't be luckier to be, having been part of it. And the crazy thing is that, you know, sincerely, and I say this absolutely, every, you know, I'm very sincere when I say this, I did not deserve that position. <laughs> when I came in as a junior animator, again, I knew nothing. So much so that Aaron Hatfield, my lead animator, while he was delegating shots to every animator. I said this story to uh, the, my, uh, my, my students at iAnimate at, at the workshop. I, I explained exactly what my experience was because of the exercises that they have to do were the exact same exercises that Aaron Hatfield gave me while everybody else was getting shots. Mm. I was doing the bouncing ball because he quickly realized I couldn't animate. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the bouncing ball. I was doing the sidestep. I was doing stationary jump, Mm. bat swing, walk cycle. 
And after every exercise, I was, it was so embarrassing. Can you imagine? Everybody around you is animating shots while little old me is doing a bouncing ball, <laughs> doing a sidestep, and doing a stationary jump. But I could not have been more lucky to have that experience, mm. to be taught by somebody of that caliber. Mm. Yeah. By step, all the tricks of the trade. And if it was a blow to the ego, it was well worth it. Nice. And yeah, that, man. And that's exactly what I tell my students is I pay it forward. I, I, I don't do it for the money. I don't do it. I just do it because I, I want to give back because what I received was tremendous knowledge. Mm. It was tremendous knowledge in a very short period of time. A little bit like what we do at the workshop, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Tremendous yeah. knowledge in a very short period of time. And it is doable because I, I succeeded in it, you yeah. know? The first exercise I did was the bouncing ball. Okay, what's next? Can you give me a shot? Sidestep, Omar. <laughs> the sidestep. I smashed the sidestep with his guidance, of course, to the frame, frame by frame. I finished the sidestep. Can I get a shot? No. Walk cycle, Omar. <laughs> After the walk, stationary jump. The bat swing. The bat swing was a really good experience because it taught me a really good, um, a very good lesson. He wanted a bat swing. That was my last exercise. To me, I was like, that's it. I'm getting a shot next after this one. I am going to create the most ambitious, the biggest, you know, the best bat swing you could possibly do. And so what I ended up doing was I had her swinging and all he wanted was the bat swing. So I'm sure you, I'm sure you can guess what happened after. <laughs> I had the bat swing. She swings. She misses. She loses the bat, trips over. He pressed play for the first time, watched the whole thing, shocked, looked at me with anger. <laughs> you don't own the shot, man. You don't exactly. own the shot. How many times exactly. do we have to say it? I love you guys, but it's not yours. Exactly. <laughs> Who are you to change the story? I told you exactly what needed to happen. You know, you can get in the skin of the character. Uh -huh. you know, it can reflect in the way you swing that bat or the way you hold that bat or what happens after you swing that bat. Don't go changing the story. <laughs> like I just, don't go. Lesson learned, huh? Yeah. Lesson I mean, learned, I have to redo the bat swing. He was yeah, yeah. Flexible <laughs> from scratch. I mean, another anyway. gold nugget. Like, you like, and this is what you know. We tell the our students when they come to 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 workshops and what Omar is doing. And, and I mean, Omar is, is another a, a great example of dedicated to animation, mm -hmm. paying it forward. Really knows what it takes. Uh, we all been there. We, you know, we all like felt lost. We were like we're alone, and we like realized like, oh my God, this is much bigger <laughs> than me, and we had to go through it. Omar is a great example. And again, even he lived it. It's like hey, this is not your shot, right? And when you take a workshop at Animate and if, you know, there's something happening, you're struggling something, we treat you like, we're your directors. When you join the workshop, we are your directors. Everyone at Animate is a, either a director, supervisor, or at that level, right? But we treat you like it was director, but you get that little cushion of, of you know, leeway. But the fact that he just shared his, this true story, is like, I remember, <laughs> I remember. You were and there. We had, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there is uh, like, we had amazing, amazing animators. We, you know, we had some Disney animators and uh, actually like Omar said, this was uh, a big feature. This was the second feature in Montreal. There's mm. the one before what we talked about with Patrick, you know, uh, Kana, the prophecy or AKA um, I was access was the first one. And a lot of these 
uh, I'm trying not to say bad words, but <laughs> really top talent animators came here and really drilled everyone even further. So nice. This is awesome, Omar. Yeah. Now you mentioned you had a 2D background, and maybe this yeah. kind of segue us to how how you got into animation, because you mentioned this so, is kind of your first go with uh, CG, right? At yeah. uh, Pinocchio. Okay, so you yeah. got in. So you had a 2D background. How did you even get into animation to begin with? So when I was a kid, I'm very very lucky for to have found a passion very early on, and I stuck to it. Mm. To today. There was something about this brain where when I was a child, everything I loved as a child, I still love today. Mm. I never grew up. <laughs> I'm very lucky in that I never grew up. I loved animals back then. I'm still crazy about animals today. Yeah, you know, I, I anyway. So when I was a child, I was absol- uh, absolutely, I was always drawing. And ever since I was a kid, I was drawing. I remember my mom, and my mom was my greatest cheerleader. She would look at my drawings and she would always make me feel like I was the best artist on planet earth. Mm -hmm. And so she gave me that confidence and had me practice my drawings over and over and over until I became pretty damn good at it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Then I remember at that time, I did not know that I wanted to be an animator yet. All I wanted, all I knew is that I loved drawing. And this one, we're talking about six years old, you know, six, seven years old. I was a baby. One thing I did was I had a VHS cassette of 101 Dalmatians. All right. And I put it in my VCR and I pressed play. And there was a scene where the mother bites a burglar, the the thief, the kidnapper, the the guys that that stole all the puppies. She breaks into into their warehouse. She finds all of her puppies. Her mother instincts kick in and she lunges at one of the, uh, one of the goons and bites them right in the butt. Now I wanted to draw the shot where the, the where her mouth was wide open, <laughs> all the teeth and everything, right? Cool shot, the cool frame. So I pressed play, pause play, pause play, pause play, so I can find that one frame. And I found it. And I was shocked at just how ugly the drawing actually was. Oh, funny. And I'll explain. Her mouth was not like this. It was like this. <laughs> Completely wide open. And I, you know, I look at that. I'm like, I, that, a mouth of a dog doesn't open that much. <laughs> so, I, so I rewinded. I pressed play and I looked at it, but I couldn't see it. And I realized later on, I found out, it was a frame of exaggeration. Uh-huh. And so that started get, getting my intrigue into animation. The little magic behind it. How they do the that? The magic started appearing. So there was another shot. Again, VHS cassette. Press pause play. Pause play. <laughs> At that point, that's what I always... Uh, I just loved Disney. I wanted to draw Disney. So there was one tiger that was rotating its head from here to here. And I wanted to get this frame. Pause play, pause play, pause play, pause play. Well, where is this frame? It doesn't happen, it doesn't exist. I swear I know there's a frame, for sure there's a frame, but there wasn't a frame. When you look at spacing, and this is something you explained in the workshop, when you look at spacing, you never wanna put spacing right smack in the middle. You always put a little bit before or a little bit after. 
unless you are exploring or a, you are pushing an arc. Then you want to put it right in the middle. However, in general, you want to stay away from smack in the middle. And so what I ended up realizing is that my brain is telling me that there is a frame in the middle when there isn't a frame in the middle. <laughs> and to me, that was magic. Uh-huh. And it made me fall madly in love with animation. And then I, had, I was just gorging into animation. So gotcha. I went and I got, and I still have the book. I have to find it really quickly. Uh, it's somewhere around here. I went and I got a book about animation and I just drank it all in page after page. I can't even tell you hours and hours I spent reading and studying animation. And ever since then, I knew it was going to be an animator. <laughs> it was a 2D animator. Back then, there was no 3D. 2D animation, 2D animation. I was drawing, I was practicing. When I went to CJEP, every class I took in creative arts, and by the way, that was something my father was very much against. <laughs> so animation in Montreal, back when I was a kid, there wasn't much of an industry. No, there, there was nothing. A little bit, but there was Yeah, there was, uh, which I and, forgot to say. And not only that, but my grades were pretty good in chemistry, in sciences. And my father, you know, God bless him, being an immigrant in Montreal, he wanted absolutely that I succeed. And he wanted to ensure that I do not struggle as he struggled. And so when I told him that I was leaving chemistry after having grades of 98 <clears throat> and I wanted to be an animator, I remember him screaming, Samia, Samia is my mom's name, Samia. He wants to draw people in the street. <laughs> That's how he saw he was going to be a starving artist. My son's going to be a starving artist after he's getting great grades in sciences. And so I had to prove to him that I could work in the industry. While before I switched into creative arts, before I switched from sciences into creative arts, I had to prove to him that there was work in the industry. So what did I do? In CJEP, I went knocking on every studio's door. And I would say, if there's anything I can do, any job that I can do, give it to me. The first job they gave me was lifting boxes. I got a job at, the, at a place called Tuntec mm. in Montreal, and I was lifting boxes. And, but I didn't mind. Those boxes were stack full of gold animation. It was Saturday morning cartoon crap. But... It was animation. <laughs> I had my hands on animation. And so I was stacking boxes. And I was always trying to be as pleasant as possible, you know, you know make friends at work, prove to them that I, that I could and will one day be one of them. But again, I turned back to my dad and I say, look, I got a job in the industry. I was lifting boxes. <laughs> in the industry, I made it. And he allowed me to go into creative arts. And then every class I took in creative arts, I wanted to make sure that it could serve somehow animation. Gotcha. Back then in Champlain College, there was no animation class. And so I took drawing from figure, I took painting, I took sculpting, I took pottery, whatever it is that I, any, anything creative that gets me going. And so I went from lifting boxes to being a scanner, going from being a scanner where I would scan images, which mm-hmm because you're scanning images and you're putting in what's called a dope sheet. All of that information, frame by frame, you're starting to understand how animation works. Mm. And then I went from being a scanner to a colorist. And then from a colorist to a uh, assistant comper, all of which is still was in 2D. 
by then I was in Concordia University in film animation, studying animation. Mm. So once I graduated from Concordia University, I was engaged at the time to my wife. Um, animation died, 2D animation died. Mm. It was crazy, honestly. And I remember it. We were all outside and we, our card would not let us in the door. And we were about 35, 40 artists outside until the big boss came in and explained to us that we lost all the contracts and it was overnight. Oh man. Yeah. Lost everything I remember that. What I believe China. It yeah. was back then in 2D. I panicked. What the hell am I going to do? I, I mean, I can't, how am I going to turn around and, and look at my dad in the eyes? Mm. And, and what am I going to do with, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I wanted to get married, you know, a couple of years later, I would, I would get married. And so I begged my dad to borrow me, uh, lend me some money and let me get a computer and start studying soft image XSI. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I produced the worst animation possible. And I took that animation. I went to Cinegroup for, for Pinocchio. Yeah, and I said to these guys, I said, listen, uh, here's animation I can animate. Trust me, you know, I'll, I'll learn. I'll do everything it takes. They look at the animation like, oh my, I can't hire them. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, I said to, um, uh, I, th- I think, I believe his name is Christian, Christian back then. Yeah. Christian uh, was the, the, the Christian, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I said, you see that computer over there in the corner? Let me sit on it for just a couple of days. And, and back then they knew me because I was, Cindy group was before Toontech. Mm-hmm, yeah. That was the great, you know, gift of me actually working at Toontech allowed me to have, make all these connections with Cindy group. Yeah, with the division, yeah. They knew me. They trusted me. But, you know, they, I, I couldn't animate, so I had to prove to them. So I did a small little animation exercise using the Pinocchio rig, and Pinocchio was going in front of this piece of wood, and he would karate chop this piece of wood, but he would miss, and that piece of wood slapped him in the face, and he went flying up, and he fell down. Overall, the animation was terrible. However... When Tony Sparapani, God bless him, saw that I had a bit of hang time in the air before I fall on the floor, because I I mean, I knew a little bit about spacing, arcs and spacing, a little bit, just enough. He's like, you got the job, Omar. Very cool. You're a junior animator. Yeah. yeah. Of course, when Aaron Hatfield started seeing my work, he was like, animate. (laughs) 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 Bouncing ball, sidestep, give me all that stuff. So that, that's how, that was my history in animation. You know, what's funny is that we had a uh, podcast couple back with uh, Patrick Guciano and we had mentioned something about, um, you know, just talking about his dedication and he's like, yes. he, but he, he kind of almost half corrected us and he goes, it was desperation, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it kind of, it's very oh, similar yeah. to what you're talking about here. You're like, oh, yeah. it, you know, and it's maybe some of those are kind of the, similar, you know, that dedication and, and desperation are kind of the, the outcomes are the same in, to a certain yeah. degree, but it sounds like you were very much in the same boat, you know, oh, how am I going to talk with my dad? How am I going to talk with my future, you know, my fiance? Um, I got to make this thing work. In one basket. I mean, yeah. this was it. I, I did five years of education and the whole time I'm, I'll prove them wrong. I'll prove I can make a living with, you know, doing this. And I never wanted to make big money. I didn't care about that. Like, all I cared about was, and, and it stems from one thing. Sorry, my cat just entered the room. It stems from one thing. I remember sitting in my car 
with my dad. And again, like I said, my dad is an extremely educated man. In Egypt, he had a uh, degree in computer science mm. and agriculture. He had two degrees. Mm. And he comes to Montreal and ends up being a cook. And so I remember looking at my dad in the car, drive, he's driving towards his restaurant. And I said, do you like your job? And he looked at me like, like my job? No one likes their job. <laughs> and that marked me. I was like, not me, man. I'm going to love my job. I'm going <laughs> to I can so that I don't have to hate my Monday mornings. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was my story. So nice. And again, it was desperation. You know, yeah. I, I had no backup. There was no plan B. Mm. It was animation. And I had to make it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, for the audience, right, for all our listeners, all those animators and artists out there, right? I mean, and this story, this story comes often, you know, uh, you know, with Patrick and, and even with Omar and, and, and those like, you know, I, I here and there, I shared my story. I just put my foot in the door and just going, you know, 6 a.m. at the studio like Omar to practice and prove your worth or that you can do it. You have to be dedicated you have to fight for your career you can't expect someone else to fight for your career it is your choice it's your success you have to put in the time and commitment and own it own whatever happens if it doesn't work out then you continue and those you know and if you want to get better uh, you know quicker and get real guidance that's why you come you know you find someone what we're doing is like an apprenticeship back in the days you were an apprentice right like what omar Omar did was an apprenticeship, right? You could not animate. I remember I couldn't, I, I, I said this many times, I couldn't animate until I had the whole shot planned out. It was all thumbnailed. It was all figured out on the dope sheet. And then, you know, the, the lead and, and the director will be say, yes, I like this idea, go execute. But you have to fight for it. You have, and the fact you're hearing it right now and you're gonna learn and get that same passion and he knows what it takes. He knows what you want to do. And he's going to push you that, man. I, I'm so happy that, that you are, have the time to come and teach at iAnimate. Mm -hmm. Anyone would be, you know, they're, they're, oh, they're thanks, extreme. Rich. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> you know, and, and, thanks. and I'm, I'm really hard. <laughs> but yeah. I got to say, you yeah. know. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. You know, what you said is 100% is true. I get so many people coming up to me. They connect me on uh, on LinkedIn. They call me up, and I, for me, it's uh, animators. They're it's like family. I I view all animators like my family. You know, and I, I I say this because I remember the first time I finally entered an animation class where I knew that everybody in that class were animators, and I started hearing them talk, and I was like, oh my god. I'm home. <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally, I'm surrounded by peers that understand me. We're you know, speaking like, the same I'm language right now. They huh? me, you know what I mean? So, and so I love to pay it forward. So, so I'm, I don't hesitate to give people my personal number or my emails or whatever. I don't care, honestly. I've, I've never regretted it. Um, oftentimes, people will come in, even in my own home, and will have tea with me. And, uh, you know, they ask me, basically, how do I make it in the industry? Mm. And I sit down and I explain every single step of all the things that they have to do. The first thing they have to do, the most important thing, is be passionate about it. Yeah. You have to love it. If you love it, if you're truly passionate, that's going to fix itself. It'll just be a snowball. Mm. 
It'll get you through winter, man. It'll get you through winter, all the hard times. Yeah, It'll absolutely. get you because you're going to get a lot of no's, right? A lot of no's. Exactly. What's this? It doesn't work. Exactly. Do it again. No, exactly. you're not ready. You know, sorry. No. You're going to get that. But your passion is going to pull you through, man. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the most important thing is that they are passionate about animation. They love what they do. And if they're not passionate about it and they see it as a chore, it's not going to work out. So the first thing they have to do is be passionate. The second thing they have to do is find someone, find an artist, an animator that you would love and you would, you would, they, they become to you somebody you idolize. So for example, Milt Call for me. Oh, God. One of the, one of the nine old men, Milt Call for me. He's a beast. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, crazy yeah, because yeah. I remember being a kid, Rich, and I was watching all of these films and I remember specifically watching all of his shots and thinking, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's, not knowing that those were his shots. Yeah. Uh, learning later on that those were specific shots from Milk Call. So anyway, yeah. for me, Milk Call. Why? So that you understand the history of animation. It's not just good enough to jump in and just roll with it. You should know the history of the thing that you're, you're going to be working on, right? If you decide that you're going to be an animator, you are deciding that 40 hours a week, four weeks out of the year, every month of the year, you are spending your life doing this. Get to know what it is that you're doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. The task that you have at hand, but the history of that task as well, so that it feeds your passion, mm. helps you with your passion. Because passion, you know, it goes up and down, right? Yeah. So you want to always be able to feed it. There's ways of feeding it, many different ways of feeding it. Knowing the history of animation helps you feed it. Then after that is get your name out there. Get, your, get, go, get yourself a LinkedIn account if you don't have one. Start following people. Start watching other people's work. And then most importantly, start animating. Mm -hmm. No excuse. You, everybody can start animating. At That's this right. world, it is so accessible to you. That's right. So if the passion is there, all of that will happen. If the passion is not there, and you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like it and you don't feel like it and another day passes and you don't feel like it, you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. yeah. The good news is there's a lot of people that are like that. So the competition is not that fierce. <laughs> if you're it, the competition is not that fierce. You'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, love, I love there's a sense of truth to that. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, there is, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the film industry and TV industry is, is on, on, on the verge of exploding, right? There's so much happening, uh, you know, we can't talk about it. There's a lot of things on a lot of studios tables and, and yeah, yeah, you I mean, you can get a, like a nice job, you get a good position, but if you want to get up there, not everyone can get there. And it's true. No. There's not that much competition and you really need to get uh you really need to put everything into it and I, I, what i said or what i like to say to uh, those i coaches and some of them are much older because they want to become directors i say you need to take care of your passion your creativity and your career like it's your own kid right yeah. you Absolutely. gotta you know you wake up to it you gotta you gotta Absolutely. feed it you gotta, <laughs> gotta you know make sure it does its homework take a shower <laughs> you gotta play with it you got you know yeah. you, gotta, you gotta take it's it's it is yeah. Your family, your 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 passion, your art, your animation is you. It, it is everything yeah. of you. So it's I your brand. You. Your name is your brand. As I say this all the time to my students, you you are responsible for your own brand. 
Yes. Yeah. The time that you spend as a child doodling and drawing, you think you're wasting that time. You are actually making money, money. When you're a three or four or five-year-old kid drawing on a piece of paper that you're going to toss out in the garbage, you're making money. You're building up your company, your brand. Yeah. You're building yourself up. Learning by increasing that passion, by becoming who you, who you want to become. And this is, this is, you know, what, this is what it takes to make it in the industry. So yeah, absolutely. Your, your brand is everything. So, you know, and it's not just artistic, by the way, it's your soft skills as well. It's your communication. It's who you are as a person. It's yeah. whether you want to be, it's whether you, you are someone people want to work with or not. That's an incredibly important thing. You know, you, yeah. much rather in my team of animators and I've had team after team after team and I've dealt with so many different types of people. I would much rather deal with someone whose animation skills is a six or seven, but is pleasant and easy to work with than someone who is negative, difficult to work with, but their animation skills is a 10. Yeah. 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 Because it has an impact on the whole team. Exactly. And, and, Your time. And someone, exactly. Leading yeah. him. Yep. And, and on you. And on you. Yeah. Because oh, guess man. what? You can be as passionate as you want, but once pressure is cooking, <laughs> deadlines, that passion takes a side step in the back seat and it becomes just, again, it's not passion, it's desperation. Uh, desperation to get the shot done, get the yeah. work And when you've got a Debbie Downer in the team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Who's, can, you know, an Eeyore instead of a Tigger in your team. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a burden on your back different, huh? Yeah. Have a nice day, Yor. <laughs> I got other plans. <laughs> I'm so happy we're doing this, man. I'm yeah. so happy that you that uh, you know, we finally got you in iAnimate. Uh I mean, uh we we worked hard, we talked a lot, and I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. I'm really I'm 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 really thrilled for all the students. I have to say yeah. I'm really thrilled. Well, my 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 uh career now is almost two decades long and the first job i had was with you rich so that's how long we've known each other that's killer man (laughs) very very cool yeah yeah i know i mean i mean i'm I'm, I'm happy (laughs) and when you're talking about that i got some i keep on talking i'm gonna pull out a picture man (laughs) you've been in the oh so you're gonna pull a picture from uh back in the day oh boy all right you're gonna pull out my afro some, some of uh, my love for animation. I got, oh, wow, I got yeah. some vintage collectible of uh, Frankie. Look at that. Wow. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah. that. I got, yeah, I got this. All right, so all those out. listening by audio, you got to check out the uh, video podcast too. All right, you know what? You know what? My turn. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See? See? You want to know what I am is about. This is like real passion. Oh, it's a competition, you know. <laughs> I, have, I have the picture. I have the picture of Frank and, and, and Thomas. Oh, uh, yeah. This is oh, before cool. Disney uh, was open. Hook. Oh, yeah. Look at, look at him. Where is Kill? Oh, Treasure Cat. Yeah. Look at him. That's nice. Awesome. Now you watch, remember this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah Assassin's I mean, Creed. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know. Uh, for those who don't know, Omar, yeah. uh, when he was at, at, at Ubisoft, if I remember correctly, Omar was one of the first person of color to be a, a director. And he was a director 
uh, yeah, on, on different projects. And he was one of the first uh, person to be uh, to be a director at Ubisoft. Very cool. Uh, of, yeah. of color, yeah. And look at this. This is before Disney was built. This is the land yeah, uh, yeah. Walt, when Walt Disney was yeah. building. Man. This is just the land. Just to show you, like, yeah, I know. But yeah, no one, a lot of people don't know that. So very cool. You know, we've been doing this for a while. And so now, okay, so let's let's segue now because you've been in the industry for 20 years. You've been, as you mentioned earlier, you've been a director. Um, you've headed up teams. You've supervised. You've animated. Um, you've been in the trenches there. You were started out there in CG at, over at, at Pinocchio 3000. Where, how did that get from there to now? This it started off in couple decades here. It started off in 1997 in 2D. While I was working in 2D, like I said before, uh, lifting up boxes or scanning or, or coloring or comping, while I was doing that, I was studying animation. So CJEP, all of CJEP, which is the last two years of high school for those who are in the States, and three years of university was while I was actually working in the animation industry. Then I transferred from 2D to 3D, in the, on Pinocchio 3000, which is uh -huh. then I left the full feature world for uh, about nine years, nine and a half, almost 10 years at Ubisoft in AAA games. Okay. So on everything from Prince of Persia to Assassin's Creed, Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, yeah. All of the stuff that came out of uh, Ubisoft, we were doing because we were working, Rich and I, we were working in the cinematic department. So all the cinematics that needed to be done for all of these games, we were touching up. All of the trailers we were doing as well. Yeah, so, the E3 trailers, all of them. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. Until I got a phone call from a certain Emil Garayib <laughs> Emil. Me on the phone <laughs> telling me, you hey, need man. to work with me and work on Riddick. So at that point, so I went from being a junior, junior baby animator on Pinocchio to then going into Ubisoft and then becoming going from junior to mid, from mid to senior, from senior to lead, from lead to supervisor or mm. director, whatever the title was at the time. For nine years, for a good eight years, I was director or lead uh, or uh, supervisor. Then I transferred from, via, from uh, video games into VFX. Mm. Once I went to VFX, I had to start all over again. Okay. So I went down to senior animator for one year and then quickly became lead animator at Framestore for an, another year. And then I became animation supervisor at MPC for two years and then head of animation at MPC where I was responsible for not only bringing in contracts to MPC, but you know, going on set, going into movies, talking to producers, talking to directors. Um, if ever there was a fire, I would help put out all the hires, all the fires, all of that I was responsible for. Wow. So, yeah. So, and, and we were talking about a big team of animators of 220. Whew. So yeah. massive teams. So when I say, you know, uh, the Eeyores and the Tiggers and, you know, I know what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> dealing with all kinds of personalities. Anyway, to then going from head of animation to animation director where I am working directly with the director mm. to ensure that his or her vision is respected for the film. Very cool. All the while, for the past 13 years, I was teaching animation. I started teaching animation at uh, Cégep de Matane, and then at Cégep du Vieux Montréal, and then at Dawson College. And now I'm very happy and proud to be at IAMA. Very cool. Yeah, All right. That's awesome. Hey, turn sure, off man. your light in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, 
I mean, the stories that the, the story and talent that we bring is serious. Like, like, you know, you mentioned this, Larry, uh, and, and it's really important. And I really find it's extremely important. We don't just let anyone teach I animate. They're a true talent, true, uh, you know, I, like I like to say they're a beast, you know, <laughs> you're learning the fight with gladiators, right? <laughs> they really know animation and you're going to learn and train with, you know, with directors, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is not like, hey, I've been animating five years. I'm going to show you what I know. No, right. you know, we are we are leading industries. We're part of industry. We're pushing a lot. I don't know if we, uh, yeah, I remember at Ubisoft, we had this big uh, assembly and uh, Omar was working on helping um, push the, the medium at Ubisoft and did this cool facial animation, which we weren't known for. We weren't known for pushing the quality. And he had this really big piece that was going to be opened up at Ubisoft. And this is the type of talent you get. It's someone that is part of the industry and pushing the industry and mm. representing, you know, the future. So I'm again, thank you. Man, yeah. Yeah. The beast. I, I'm, that's why I was like, <laughs> Hey man, it's time. <laughs> you know, it's time. He gave me that call. It was a nice phone call actually. <laughs> yeah. Out of the blue. Yeah. I was like, Hey man, I'm yeah. calling you up. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Was the transition yeah, difficult from gaming to VFX for you? Or was it, you know, that same kind of work ethic just, brought you through and the passion brought you through or what was that transition I, I like have a lot of love and respect for video games but in the end really the biggest games that i play is games like street fighter honestly mm. i'm not that much of a gamer although i respect the medium very much and i understand i mean it's got a foot oh, it's got a it has my son it took my son over i've always been a film person you know, I'm, I'm narrative story. I don't want to be, um, I want to be able to explore animation in its core at 100% always. And I don't want, um, oftentimes in video games that what you end up having is you have restrictions of, you know, the, the, the responsiveness and stuff. Responsive. Responsiveness. You, you have to cut off a couple of, a couple of frames here, you have to cut, which is absolutely necessary. I mean, it's not, when you play a video game, you're not sitting there watching beautiful animation to just enjoy the animation. Right, right. You have to, you have to be, has to be responsive. So because of my, again, and it's, again, it goes back to passion because of my love and passion for film. It was very easy for me. Gotcha. We had an understanding of how it works. The details were missing, like the plate, the layout, the match, the roto animation, how all these pieces come together, how you can't be touching this and you ha- and this, the methodology of it all was missing, but the philosophy behind it, the overall picture, the forest from the trees that I understood. Gotcha. And not only that, but I was so incredibly grateful to go back into film after 10 years of video games. It united your, your, your passion, right? Exactly, exactly. It was exactly my passion, my number one passion. So um, because of that, it, it just became very easy for me to, uh, all the information that I absorbed, I absorbed it once. I didn't have to go through it twice, three times, four times. I just, it just sunk in for some reason. Gotcha. Uh, and then I just ran with it. Any, uh, I, you know, looking at your uh, bio and uh, as well as your reel, was there any particular ones that, you know, movies that have stood out to you? I noticed uh, Paddington on there, which is a, a fantastic film you mentioned earlier just about that your love for animals was that a, a highlight for you was there anything in that one that particularly that like you giant wolf man that yeah you know uh, i think my 
I'm a sentimental person. And so when I first got into VFX again, uh, it was for me, Riddick. To me, working at Moco Studio on Riddick was a really beautiful experience because of the fact that it was my first back into the VFX world. Gotcha. Um, I loved Paddington Bear. I was surrounded by animation beasts. And these guys were masters at their craft mm. and learned tremendously. I loved Jupiter Ascending, despite the movie being absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but because I, it was my first jump, jump as a lead animator. Ah. You know, I loved Goosebumps because it was my first animation supervisor role. Gotcha. Um, so um, I loved Call of the Wild because it was my first animation director role. So, you know, so I, I, I love them all, to be perfectly honest. And I think that's the way to go. That's how you have to approach it because it's, again, it's the passion that helps you move forward. Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking, oh, man, this is just a stepping stone to my next project or I'm just going to... I'm just going to tough it out and, you know, finish the show and no, nah, it's not going to, it's not going to work out. You know, right. again, you know, I, I want to love my Mondays, my Monday morning are precious to me. You know, so. Yeah. Love the journey, not the love destination. The, right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The destination will always change. It's the journey that always stays the same. Yeah. yeah. What, enjoy I, what I enjoy about that. Too, sorry, go ahead, Rick. Oh, I said, make, uh, you know, craft your craft, that experience, craft that journey, like, you know, yeah. make the most of it every moment. You said, you know, like it might not be the best project or the project you want, but make the most of it. Yeah, you're like, yeah. you know what? You're paid to animate. You're paid to learn. You're paid to enjoy your craft. Take that challenge and say, all right, you know, well, maybe it's be a crazy schedule, but it's like, you know what? This piece here, I'm going to push it and see where I can take it. Enjoy right. it, man. Enjoy it. It's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I come from an athletic background. And so one of those things, it's always that idea of, okay, you know, what did I do? from that match or whatever that now I take to the next one here. What, what did I do? Well, what did I do wrong? And it's always yeah. taking something in that. And that sounds like what you were talking about here. It's say, Hey, you know, maybe it wasn't the best, you know, blockbuster one, but I, I enjoyed this from it, you know, absolutely. it's always just taking something from that, that you now go with you on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the people that you work with too, you know, like I, and every show that I've worked on, I've worked with great people. I'm very, very lucky to have great people surrounding mm -hmm. uh, me. And so uh, for Jupiter Ascending, I worked with an amazing VFX supervisor who I love very, very much. Um, for Call of the Wild, an incredible director in, in Chris Sanders. Um, every show that I worked on, and then the show that I'm working on right now is I'm really, really excited to work on with the, that specific director as well. So I'm, I'm always like, I'm the kind of person, again, I'm, I'm Tigger, I'm not Eeyore. I've never been Eeyore. I will never. <laughs> My cup is always half full. I'm with you. Yeah, man. So right. it's the way, that's the only way to live. That's the only way to live. We, we, we get it one chance to that's live. That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to go in there, but, um, <laughs> but, but for me, it's, I will always find the positive in any experience and any show and any team that I work with. Mm. If it's, if it's the pressure is hot and we are, uh, you know, it's, it starts to becoming a little bit difficult, then at least that pressure makes me stronger. Right. And I, I appreciate the pressure because I am going to grow out of it as well. Yeah. So it's, that's the only way to work at it. And, you know, it yeah. always and be very careful about surrounding yourself with people like, that are like that as well, because it is terribly contagious when you're sitting next to somebody that's negative. And yeah. I, in the past, requested to change my seats mm. because yeah, yeah. people that are next to me that I felt were bringing me down in any which way. Gotcha. You know, yeah. Animation is so artistic that I need to be over here. I need to be healthy. 
you know, if, if I've got a, a storm happening here, <laughs> in my work. And, and I, need, I, need, I need to be, uh, I need to be good up here. Nice. Yeah. yeah for one sure. thing I say to, to all the animators that I, I work with or any team I work with is pick the people, right? Projects are cool and, you yeah. know, and they'll be finished, but you want to pick the people you Absolutely. work with. Even uh, I was talking to uh, my producers is like, I, I chose my producer because I want that person to be my producer. I, really? I enjoy, I, I want to pick someone that I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to see that person more. You see your own family, right? Absolutely. We're talking, you do 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours, you know, because you're trying to, you know, really push this shot. You're going to see them more than you're going to see your own family or your wife or your loved one, right? So pick the people that you're going to enjoy being with because they're going to be an extension of, of you. And like Omar says, keep that creativity healthy. Keep it going. Don't, don't neglect it or don't let anyone mess up the mojo. You know, you create a yeah. mojo. So, and and I'll say a couple more things. I just want to, because I know we have about eight minutes left. I, I want to, it's, it's, it's very important that animators continue feeding their curiosity and their artistic side. Oftentimes what people end up doing is they treat animation as work. And what do they do when they go home? They chill and they relax because they've been working all day. I understand that and I sympathize and, and, and you know, we are, we're all humans. But once that becomes routine and it takes hold of who you think you are as a person, you're the kind of person who at home, once, once I'm at home, man, don't talk to me about anything. I just want to watch TV. I just want to play video games. I just want to chill. Mm. You know, the problem with that is that you will continue to grow as an animator. Yes, but that's all you are. You're an animator. What happened to your other sides as well? Like you say, Larry, you're into sports. What are other activities and other passions that despite the fact you might, you may think, Hey, no, no, I need to focus on animation. Having other passions right. is your passion of yeah. animation. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. when you succeed at multiple things, what does that do? It, it feeds in. Confidence. Yeah. yeah. your self-esteem. Yeah. So then once you approach a new shot, a difficult shot, hey, I can do it. Don't worry. Yeah. Do, do you know how, you know what? I can play the piano. If I can play the piano, I can yeah. do it. <laughs> nice. I mean? yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. It can, yeah, it can yeah. be something as, as far removed from animation as you may think, like, like bass fishing. I, I love bass fishing. I love you never, you never taken me, right? You never invited me. I'm we just can calling go anytime. on the podcast. We'll go anytime. <laughs> just go, we'll go anytime. I, every now and uh, we have this love, right? I always find yeah. a moment to tease Omar. So that was it. <laughs> it's like, you didn't invite me. What's up with that? You know? I, I, and my poor wife has to deal with all of these new obsessions that I have, you know, like it's, if it's not, you know, uh, uh, Dude, I mean, it's some of the stuff is really weird. Like <laughs> <laughs> everything from sculpting with uh, polymer yeah. clay, which I absolutely love to do, to oil yeah. painting. I do oil paintings of my children's. Uh, have um, I do fantasy portrait paintings of my my children? I've got my son riding a saber toothed tiger. Oh, very cool. <laughs> and I've got my daughter jumping in the air with an ice fox and a fire fox. And <laughs> nice. I'm doing right now. A, my youngest daughter is riding a, an owl. A, a big magic. Oh, owl. that's cool painting to breeding praying mantises to <laughs> raising uh, a bunch of chickens in the chicken coop very cool doing bass fishing it's just what i want to say is live your life find other things that also make you happy right also 
feeds that passion and, and, and keeps you out of the couch, out of the, watching TV all day or YouTube or social media or video yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's more to life than just you being an animator. Don't just stick to just animation alone. You know, there's, uh, again, it's, it's, it, it, it helps you with your self-esteem. It, it helps boost your confidence. And uh, when you know that you, and, and time passes fast, I man, there's so much I can talk about. When you start, let's say, for example, something as difficult as oil painting. The first time I started oil painting was 10 years ago. You know how fast 10 years pass? Yeah. And you know when you do, when you do 10 years of something, how good you become? Yeah, I've seen his stuff. He showed me some cool stuff and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> and I was like, man, you know, so I, even, I don't remember that. So jump on a new skill and and start having a second passion that you have, or a third, or a fourth, because time passes quick, and if you stick to it, you end up becoming really, really good at it. And, and it feeds that um, process of just learning and getting better at something. And yeah, I think, exactly. that, like you said, it, it feeds into animation because you're. It's that same philosophy. You're just. I want to continue to grow. You'd be shocked to see just how many philosophies animation has that are exactly the same when you're modeling, when you're uh, sculpting, when you're yeah. painting, when you're bass fishing. It's always the same philosophy. Number one, prepare. Number mm-hmm. two, reference. Number three, don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, question what you're doing. You know, there's all of these, and it goes on and on and on. I love uh, UFC, right? I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was desperate to get Faraz Zahabi to give a speech to the folks at MPC because fighting is exactly the same as animating. Mm. It's the same. These people train their tails off. Mm. They're only as good as their last fight. Yeah. And that happens in animation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10 shots in a row that you blitz through and you're the, you're the bomb. Amazing, Omar. Amazing, Omar. And then you trip and fall on one. <laughs> Omar, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fight again. That's what I say. What do you have to do? I have to get back up. I have to go again. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's, Killer, that's, man. Okay. Man. Yeah. I, I kind of half tempted to leave off on that, but... I want to ask you because, you know, we've had guys have been in here, girls have been in here, been in the you know gaming industry and they're excited about it for certain reasons, things like that. What is it in the VFX and even feature to a certain degree that you're excited about as it continues to move forward? Um, the journey itself. Okay. I'm just excited about meeting new people, seeing where my career goes, enjoying my story. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle of my story right now and I'm at the peak of it and I'm enjoying the ride and I want, I'm curious to know what's next. Um, at the same time, my eyes on the ball and I'm focused on, this, on the one project that I'm at. At the same time, giving back to all of my beautiful animation students that I absolutely love. Um, I've got animator uh, students that I've taught 10, 13 years ago that are now animation directors at, at Gameloft and Ubisoft and it's just, Oh my God, I do. I talk about it long enough and it gets me emotional. So it's the journey itself is what I look forward to. Very, very cool. All right. Well, we're like Rick has mentioned, we are very happy to have you here. I know you've been Likewise. teaching in a workshop here. You'll be teaching again yeah. in January. So uh, we really appreciate not only your time in this podcast, but just being one of our instructors and giving back into the community. So thank you very thank much, you, Omar. Thank you so much. Man. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Larry. All right, man. With that, we're out. Peace.